Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this New Year special extravaganza episode of Cinema Sundays. I'm Dominic. I'm Josh. Oh, yes, and welcome. Welcome. We are so happy you're listening in again. It is officially 2021. Man, isn't it crazy, Dom? Overnight, the virus is gone. <laughs> Everything's back to normal. Racism doesn't exist. <laughs> overnight. It's... Yeah, overnight, overnight. Almost like everything was just <laughs> everything was just planned or you know. Uh, no, nah, that's a conspiracy theory. My New Year's resolution is to not give in to conspiracy theories. Um, speaking of New Year's resolutions, Joss, have you uh, have you made any New Year's resolutions? Are you a New Year's resolution nerver? I am sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'm not. But for example, uh, like at the end of 2020, I did complete a New Year's resolution that I started at the beginning in, uh, beginning of 2020, which was to read through the entire Bible, and I finished. Whoa. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. That was cool. Um, but then again, I also made another resolution to you know do more exercises and go swimming more, and I did not do well with that. Go, go swimming? Why specifically swimming, if I might ask? So swimming is actually a, supposed to be a low-impact kind of exercise, and it, it does help you get your heart rate and a lot of stuff up, and so... Um, uh, your, uh, you know, uh, adrenaline and not just adrenaline, all the word is, but, um, yeah, I like swimming. I really enjoy it, but I just haven't done it. And so mm. I was hoping to do it to be more active this year. Sadly, it hasn't happened as much as I wanted to. So I'm going to try and like stick away from resolutions per se. I'm going to try and do the swimming thing again, because that's good. Or at least do something that helps me stay active. Uh, I'm going to try and read more this year, I think. Yeah, reading's always a good one. I see a lot of people make the, uh, um, the uh, the reading the reading one. Like I'm gonna read a book a month, and yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, how about you? Do you have any resolutions that you're uh, working towards for the new year? Mm, not, uh, not really. I used to make resolutions, and then I realized I couldn't keep them. So my every year. My resolution is just to be better than <laughs> than the year before. Um, mm-hmm. But like, it is to it is to like say, all right, where were you this past year? Where were you like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, and all the other E's, um, and say, all right, I want to be better than I was last year. So even if that is like, I guess if that was, hey, I you know. I did exercise, but I didn't exercise as much as I want. So let's just maybe add like an extra day, maybe an hour or two. Um, Cause there's like, it's like a little step ladder. Like you just get up one step every year and then you, you know, die. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of death, talking about this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, speaking of death, um, Josh, this uh, this movie, um, let's just get right to it. This movie, oh, man, it was really good, and I was surprised at how good it was. Um, we 
both watched this, I think. Did you watch it when it come, came out? Because it came uh, out on Christmas around Day. Like a couple days after. So we haven't said what we're doing yet, Dom. we got to tell the audience, got to tell the listeners what movie we're talking about. Freaking. <laughs> uh, the mu- movie we are talking about today is the movie Soul. Um, Disney Plus movie, I guess? Uh, a Disney Pixar animated movie. Um, it This is... I think, other than Mulan, this is one of those Disney movies that uh, premiered through Disney Plus exclusively um, on the same day as Wonder Woman, which is uh, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, um, it's a wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to say right now you should probably go see it um, because it's really good. Um, but the movie Soul. Uh, Talks about a a man named Joe, just your regular Joe Schmo, which is blowing my mind, Josh, because his name is Joe Gardner. Um, but and I don't think this is like I don't think they planned this. I don't think they meant for this to happen. But when you think about this movie, Joe doesn't want to be just an average Joe, mm. and that is. I don't think it's like I don't think that has anything to do with anything, but it's running through my brain right now. Anyway, Joe Gardner is a uh, musician who um, who is a middle school band teacher, but he is a wonderful piano player, and he dreams of being able to play uh, jazz. <laughs> you like jazz? Joe <laughs> likes jazz. <laughs> um, he dreams of being playing, uh, wanting to play jazz. Um, and he gets a gig, and then just like real life, he dies just suddenly. Um, and uh, he meets a character. <laughs> he meets a character, a soul, if you will, uh, named Twenty Two. And as we like to say, hijinks ensue. Um, he learns a few lessons. He learns what it actually means to live life. Twenty Two learns what it actually means to live life. And it all ends wonderfully. Yes. So the movie here in general is, like you said, it's a really great movie. It's got a really great story. It's got some really great characters. The animation is pretty interesting. It's a little trippy, actually. You know, like there's a lot going on here because they're dealing with the afterlife and the great beyond and what happens when you die and everything like that. And so uh, that's really interesting to kind of see and everything. The way this movie... Oh, man. You know, everything was normal. Then coronavirus hit. Everything's not normal. (laughs) Mm, Nothing's normal. Nothing's normal. Now, some movies got released. For example, this is uh, Disney Pixar's second movie that was released this year. Do you remember what the first one was that they released this year? Um, Was it Onward? Well, I guess you won't hear my hint, Dom. Because I got it right. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. we saw that movie together, too. Oh, yeah. Oof. Wow. That was a while ago. Whew. Yeah, it was awkward. Yeah, March. That came out early March 2020. It's actually really, really funny. Uh, Dom, we, you know, me and you, a couple other guys were at a, at a conference meeting, and uh, we went to go see that movie. And that was the last movie I've seen. I haven't seen a movie in theater since that. Oh, wow. And uh, it's interesting to be like, 
Because I remember telling somebody about Onward, and I was like, yeah, I saw it in the theater. They're like, how did you see it in a theater? Because, you know, it was, you got, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, we went, like, right before everything shut down, and we saw it. And so. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Back when you could actually go out. And that might explain why the theater was so empty. Doesn't it, mm, that's a good point. Doesn't it feel like that was forever ago, though? Like That, ye- was, a, that was at least 20 years ago. It's really crazy. I did find out some um, some science stuff about it. <laughs> Remember when we said we're going to talk about everything else? Um, Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our brains process time in, um, I guess, in way in the way of how we receive new information. So you think about it when you're say you're going to somebody's house you've never been there before but you go there um you you know you get on your little google maps and for some reason it takes forever but you go again and for some reason it takes it doesn't feel like it takes that long like your brain doesn't process it in the way that you think it it did at first because you have already been there so it's familiar to you so when i go to your house it's an hour and a half, but for me, it really feels like an hour, maybe. Um, mm. And so, with everything going on, because there hasn't really been that much new information, because um, it's all pandemic, quarantine, lockdown, stuff like that. Because there hasn't been any new information, time feels like it is going. It feels like it's going slower. It's not going slower. A day is still twenty four hours, but it feels like it's going slower. Which is interesting because it's also why um, how like children perceive time and how when you watch a commercial for the first time or you watch a movie um, for the first time, but then you watch it a bunch more times. Like for me, like Lord of the Rings, because I've seen it so many times, is not like three hours. Like it says it's three hours. And I'm like, it didn't feel like three hours. It felt like uh, because felt you're familiar, like no time at all. Exactly. Um, anyway. So that's why when we, when when people say like man t- like February January of 2020 feels like so long ago it's because it does feel like it was so long ago because we've had nothing but just um the same old information we've been quarantined and also this is my rant on social media if you're on social media and that is how you're getting your stuff that would probably do more harm to your brain than you think, because while it is new-ish information, it is mostly negative information. So, yep, that's um, my TED talk. I, it's okay to take a step away from social media. For example, uh, I had a Twitter for quite some time, and I deleted it um, because there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of information out there, and there's a lot of news. And you should definitely be informed, but you have to play that balance of, I want to be informed, but I cannot handle this much information and still have a good day, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't handle this much bad news and people videoing, videoing each other of terrible things and me just watching and scrolling constantly. I can't, because I, I, it affects me. So I had to delete, I delete it. Yeah. I had to take a step back from it. And so... Um, yeah, yeah exactly. Like I just, I'm with you. I don't think we're meant to take in 
this much information. I don't think we ever were meant to take in this much information constantly. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And your brain is your brain is finite and the amount of information that you can handle and have is very finite. So it's very important that you vet what goes into your brain because for like you you realize of like, hey, why can't I remember that one thing? That I do well. It's probably because you're on Facebook too much. Because you're just processing. That's yeah. Like, oh, I feel like we need to watch the social network just so we can talk about Facebook. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like this isn't the movie for it. All right, um, for that, guys. Next week, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, let's let's keep going with this movie. Um, Josh, do you want to talk about the the cast? Um. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, here, let, let me say this real quick. Uh, oh, no, we already know that. You know, it's re- it was released Christmas Day. I didn't watch it on Christmas Day. I don't know if you did or not. Mm. Oh, I sure did. Oh, did you? Christmas to me. <laughs> no, we watched it. It was like the day after we watched it or whatever. And so, mm. yeah. Let's talk about this cast and these directors and stuff. So this movie uh, has two co-directors, and I really like the way they did this. So you got Pete Doctor. Pete Doctor is, I would say, probably the head director. Um Maybe I'm wrong. They both say co-directors. I wouldn't say one said. But yeah. he is your guy who has directed other Pixar movies. So he's done Monsters, Inc. He's done Up. He's done Inside Out. And so he's your guy who's like, okay, this is our Pixar dude. He knows how to make this run. He knows what it's supposed to look like. He's got it. And then you got Kemp Powers. Kemp Powers is the writer. He is the screenplay writer and the story writer. So you kind of have these two dudes where it's like you got this guy, Kemp. He's like, hey, I have this really great idea of a really cool concept that has some really great diversity of a people group that are rarely shown. Yeah. And Pete, like, yes, I have the resources and I know how to do this. Let's work together. You know? Nice. So uh, these are those are those two dudes. So, yeah, you have uh, Joe Gardner, who's played by Jamie Foxx. If you are unfamiliar with Jamie Foxx, he's an Academy Award winner uh, for the movie Ray. And, uh, you know, he was in Spider-Man. He was uh, uh, Django and Caned. A bunch of other different things. Yeah, he didn't. It's like he was an Academy Award winner for the Spider-Man role, but. ah. Sadly not. Sadly not. Sadly not. Uh, Tina Fey is also in this. Tina Fey plays the soul number 22. And uh, I think she's a lot of fun. I think she's pretty funny in this. I think she's got a lot of good lines, and she delivers yeah. them. Other people in this movie, um, you got Graham Norton, who is the host of the Graham Norton Show, uh, which is actually one of my favorite talk shows that I've seen because I, I think he does. He's a lot of fun, and he gets on people and uh, like different guests and have them do silly things and all. And I think he's really funny. Felicia Rashad is in this as well. Um, we know her most from The Cosby Show. Uh, Dom, did you watch The Cosby Show growing up? I did not. I think I was a little too young. Yeah, I didn't either. It wasn't really on our radar as much. But uh, I'm also white, so maybe that's why. <laughs> Should I not say that? <laughs> no, say it. It's fine. <laughs> I think the people who do listen to this know our humor well enough. It's true. And I'm not mean in a bad way. I just think that in my family, we watched other... No, 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 no. Hey, here's the Brady Bunch, you know? (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing. I'm white, too. 
I didn't watch the Brady Bunch. <laughs> no, I mean, I knew what the Cosby Show was. I knew, like, I knew what it was. I've seen a couple episodes, but I, I don't, I didn't, like, watch it, watch it. But, yeah. Um, but I know Felicia Rashid, Rashad is a very big deal. And to have her in here uh, playing Joe's mom, that's a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, and, of course, with this movie being predominantly African-American actors, uh, sorry, African-American characters, there is predominantly African-American actors as well, which I think is really good, and we can talk about what that means here in a minute. Um, Angela Bassett is in this, and I already told you this. The minute she opened her mouth, I was like, that's Angela Bassett. That's, like, I, that's Angela that's Bassett. A, think voice, and I, I love her. I think she's super good in everything she does. Um, that was like, yeah, that's exactly I think the I think the... Um... The sad thing is the only real experience I have with her is from uh, Black Panther. So she has an accent. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. But I think the other thing is uh, she's also in stuff that I didn't realize she was in, if that makes sense. Um, sure. And I might have just like, I might have missed it. And um, anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, she was in the movie Bumblebee, you know, like I said, she was in Black Panther and, and, and uh, a couple of other things. She's in the show 911. Uh, if you're familiar with American Horror Story, she's in a couple seasons of that as well. And uh, that's kind of where I knew her most from. And I think she's a really great actress. Nice. Uh, Questlove is in this. Yeah, Questlove. Um, dude, he's, I think he's really funny. He, he doesn't play funny per se in this. You know, he... So uh, Joe Gardner wants to be a jazz musician, but he ends up being a teacher for a little bit. And he thinks, oh, this is just temporary till I can get my you know big shot. And so uh, Questlove uh, plays a guy named Curly, who uh, basically he was one of Joe's students back in the day. And then Curly goes and, um, you know, Curly goes and becomes a musician himself. And it's a whole thing. It's pretty cool. So I was excited to see Questlove. I, I like seeing him on a lot of different things, and he's a great writer, producer, and everything like that. Uh, Donnell Rawlings is in this as well. I remember first seeing Donnell on uh, uh, the Chappelle show back yeah. in the day. But uh, he's he's also a comedian that's been in a bunch of different things. He's collaborated with Kevin Smith and a bunch of other people. Um, David Diggs was in this. I didn't know he was in this. Yeah, I remember who. Paul I think he was. He was the. Uh, he was the guy. Um, oh, who was he? Was the guy in the barbershop who was like I got bragging you. on yeah. Joe? Yeah. yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So we have a, we have a lot of different people, uh, a lot of different actors and actresses, uh, people of color, and even more uh, in this. Um, so, I'd like, to, can I mention uh, a yeah. few? Yeah, I was going to. Um, there's. There's this running thing called the counselors, and they're all named Jerry or Terry, <laughs> and uh, yeah. they're all like different people. But I think it's really funny. But yes, please go for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll start with Terry because um, I guess Terry is like the main main antagonist dish kind of person. Um, but Terry is played by uh, Rachel House, who. You would probably know um, she has been in Moana. She was Grandma Tally, Tala. Um, she was in Thor Ragnarok as Topaz, who was like Jeff Goldblum's 
um, side like bodyguard or something like that. Um, and then she was also in a hunt for the Wilder people um, with the the kid um, who played in Deadpool, but also with uh, the guy who plays in Jurassic Park, um, Sam Neill. I don't remember his name in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's Rachel House. Uh, next is Alice Braga. Um, she... So I, I now realize she's been in a lot of stuff that I've seen. Uh, she was in I Am Legend as Anna. She was in Elysium, which is a, a movie that I really enjoy. Um, more recently, she was in The New Mutants as Dr. Reyes, which was another one of those... I think we talked talked about it last week, but like just developmental hell kind of place and unfortunately didn't do really well um next um one of my favorite actors just because he's really funny and people have told me that i look like him only a bald version and so i kind of take that as a compliment uh but richard aote uh he is probably if you don't know um there's a tv show called the it crowd Uh, i'm sorry the it crowd i did it uh i did it again um, the IT crowd. Um, he plays uh, a character named Maurice Moss, and uh, it's a really, it's a pretty funny show. I enjoy it. Um, but he's also been in uh, the Lego Man. Um, he's been in the Paddington movies. He's been uh, in uh, a lot of different stuff. Um, I think if you were to hear his voice and then go back and find a lot of his work, you would probably recognize it and be like, oh, that's uh that's him. That's that him. one guy. Um, yeah, it's that one guy. Um, and then I think last, lastly, um, who played another counselor, Jerry, um, was Fortune Feimster. So I don't know a ton of stuff she's been in, um, but I know I recognize her. I recognize her face, and mm-hmm. so I know. I know of her. I just don't know exactly what she's uh, been in. Um, but she was in. Uh, she's been in TV shows. Uh, she's in a, a new TV show with uh, oh, what's his name, Bert uh, Kreischer, called The Cabin. Um, if oh, you haven't yeah, seen that, yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. Um, but she was also in The Secret Life, Lives of Dorks, um, The Happy Time Murders with uh, Melissa McCarthy. Um, and then I think one more office Christmas party, but I've seen her face. She's, she's recognizable. Um, so, you know, if you've seen any movies with her in it, let us know, tell us we've been wrong. I think I've seen, I've seen her most from the Mindy project when she was in that. Oh, interesting. I mm-hmm. didn't, uh, did not realize that, uh, that she was in this. Um, but yeah, so that's really, you know all the all the cast the i guess the the notable cast members um i think they all do really well i think they all work really well together uh especially like you mentioned Tina Fey and Jamie Foxx i think play off each other really well i don't know if it's just that uh Jamie Foxx is maybe just an old man but he plays an old he plays a very well middle-aged man i think yeah i agree uh Dom, so let me ask you this 
this is a movie that people were, uh, you know, people were excited for. But there was one thing people were really wary about when it was when people knew it was coming out. Um, not a lot was known about it, just that, you know, it's about this little blue guy trying to figure out his way in the world, I guess, or in the afterworld or whatever. Mm. But, you know, there is a thing in Hollywood that is, I would say, pretty true. That when it comes to African-American portrayals in uh, animation, um, mm. there's not a lot of them. And when there is, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, of course, not talking about old school animation, because that's just terrible. That's wrong. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are very frustrated with this, with uh, when you have African-American people portrayed in animation. And normally what happens is they get 10, 20 minutes of screen time and then they're transformed into something, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, as as where with uh, white people and a lot of their animation movies, it revolves around them, you know, like they are themselves the whole movie for the most part, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I I think I've seen things with like Princess and the Frog, where the whole thing was this is Disney's first black princess and uh, she's a frog. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, and she was black for only about. 15 minutes right right uh there was the movie uh spies in disguise where you had will smith i mean he he played the main character as a spy and <laughs> he's a pigeon for majority bird now granted that concept in general cracks me up because pigeons are ridiculous but yeah <laughs> um, and then you can talk about soul people were nervous to see again another man of color and now he says blue figure you know yeah and so, after watching the movie, Dom, how do you think it it did in that portrayal? Uh, I think it did. I think it did a good job. Um, I think because um, uh, man, I'm, I don't know, man. I think it's just such a particular thing you're trying to portray, and you do want to do it do it justice but you also want it to be something that like kids kids enjoy and like you want it to be that kind of cartoony uh kind of thing which is again like for the princess and the frog something like that is like we're going on a story that talks about a princess being turned or a prince being turned into a frog and right and mixed it up and um and so it's like here's what we're working with with this i think they do i think they do a good job of actually making it i guess making the black community like an actual community like it's not just this is a fantastical thing it's like no this is like real real life um which i think is another good thing that uh i see pixar doing more of is like we're moving more towards like what real life looks like instead of just always being like this cartoony kind of thing mm-hmm. we're adding some cartoony elements um, like the souls and everything, but the primary story is real life and it takes place in a real community. And um, the other thing I like about it is that I've never really had an animated, I've never seen an animated music movie that um, from Disney that really like, if it was a musical, if it was a musical, but this is a movie about music too. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's one that, 
for the most part, a lot of adults will actually go see because I think kids would be drawn are more drawn to like the soul part and like the the blue you know plush toy looking things and all that stuff. But this is a like very adult movie with um, kind of like adult themes, like talks about dying. It talks about finding your life's purpose. It talks about like having to deal with um, like what you want to do with your life in any way. But we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I think it does a good, a good job, um, a good job of portraying portraying a community that it wants to portray. And I think definitely having Kemp Powers on there and having um, mm-hmm. having that with them because that was that's honestly the big thing is like so many people want to portray is like hey we want to portray uh give like uh some representation to african americans and the whole staff is white and the whole like our animation team is white and everything like that um that is i think that's what frustrates me more is if you want to do that movie bring in people of color um but if you just want to like do I guess if you just want to do an animated movie about that group of people, like bring people in who actually are from that group of people. Um, like we talked about last week, like um, with Klaus, uh, the Sami girl and the Sami people, they actually went and um, found people who were um, Norwegian, Norwish. Yeah. Norwegian. Norwegian? No, I don't know how to, give them the proper credits but um <laughs> but they found people and um and like with um like moana like they had people who were of pacific island descent and like they didn't just say hey we're gonna let these <laughs> we're gonna let these white people white animators and do everything like that um they actually brought in people of color and they put people of color in the writer writer seat and stuff like that and so I think it was good. I think it was a great representation. Yeah. Also, jazz. You like jazz, Dom? I think I like jazz. <laughs> really good. Uh, I agree. Um, obviously, on this specific topic, it doesn't matter what I think. But um... <laughs> <laughs> you had you got Coco. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I I agree. I thought I was surprised because I was expecting a little bit more time in the soul area and don't even, they did like, but it's, it, I thought it's pretty even, I think it might be a good 50 50, but they do come back to the earth realm, I guess. And you see again, more of the culture, more of the community, more of the family, more representation. And so I, I was a little surprised cause I thought it was going to be more in the soul realm, but I thought it was yeah. pretty evenly split. Um, I also agree. I think they did a really good job of showing that type of culture and that type of community that people are a part of that. I promise you white people don't get to see. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. Give me one yeah. white person that walks into a barbershop like that. I promise you they don't get to see that. They don't understand. That's just not something that they see or truly understand that type of culture. And it, it's, it's a really cool thing. Like I said, I I think Kim Powers has a lot to do with this. I think them tag teaming brings in a lot of of what it looks like um, for an African American person, and so 
And like I said, by doing, by bringing someone who isn't, if back in 1992, Disney can go research lions to figure out the Lion King, you know, you can get a diverse staff in 2020 to figure out stories. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And even with the Lion King, Matthew Broderick is playing Simba. (laughs) But whatever. But whatever. It's nothing. It's nothing. Whatever. Um, they fixed it with Donald Glover, so it's all good, yeah, right? Yeah, true, 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 true. So yeah. I, I thought um, it was really good, uh, and I think a lot of these people did did really, really well. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great movie. I think it's a movie that I would definitely show to my kids and show to my youth group. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm not gonna get too far into that, but I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh, would you like to talk about the budget? I would. I would. Uh, let me say this one last thing. I like this movie so much. Uh, I think this is going to be the nominee. I think this is going to get. Now, mm. it's not. Nom- it's been nominated for some other smaller awards, but you know, it literally just came out. But I think this is gonna, the one that's going to be nominated for the Oscar. I don't Ooh. think it's going to be awkward. I. I. No, it could be. I mean, there have been years where Disney Pixar has had two to three submissions in the animation column, you know, like for yeah. the, um, so they both could be nominated, but I think, I think definitely this one will be, I don't think all word will be, will yeah. it win? Who knows, but huh. who knows? I also think, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, the music in this is super good too. So I'm curious to see if that's going to be nominated for anything, but yeah. We'll have to wait until uh, actually March. Normally, Oscars are in February, but they're a little later this year. <laughs> twenty twenty strikes again. <laughs> Might as well, I guess. <laughs> Even in twenty twenty one, we're still <laughs> we're still suffering from twenty twenty. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this budget, Dom. So this is a very special case, of course. That was released. Some Disney Plus. It didn't have a box office run. It didn't really have, at least not here in the states. It was released uh, worldwide in China and a couple other places, small theaters. It racked up about six million dollars worldwide. Um, that's yeah. nothing to home about, but you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, it doesn't really have their budget for how much they spend. I think. Well, because this is one of the, um, other than I think Mulan, this is one of the only movies that Disney Plus put out ex- primarily through the streaming service. So yeah. it'll kind of be interesting to see how, like, if they do it like Netflix, because Netflix just doesn't really put out any kind of, like, right. or anything like that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. Yeah, I, um, and, you know, it's interesting because at least with Mulan, they did like a premium access where if you had mm. Disney Plus, you know, to watch Mulan, you had to have Disney Plus. But you also need to pay twenty nine ninety nine to watch Mulan when it first came out, which I did not do. <laughs> and everybody laughed. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, on, I'm Disney. curious what the numbers are for that because I don't think they're very good. And I hear Disney is still planning to do that type of thing. But only with select movies. They did not do it with this one. If you had Disney Plus, you got Soul. That was it. Um, so 
yeah, it, from what I've heard from a couple different or read from a couple different sources, they say that the budget could be around 150 million dollars ish, 150 million ish, and so uh, that sounds like a lot, uh, but in reality, that's probably right smack dab in the middle of a lot of Pixar's movies, and so for example, Ratatouille was a 150 million dollar budget, um, you know, so that's right there in the middle, and then. Really, they go from their very first movie. Dom, what was the first Pixar movie? Uh, wasn't it Toy Story? Sure was. Sure was. Sure was. Back in 95 with a budget. You ready for this? $20 billion. <laughs> $30 million. Oh, not bad. Not bad. And so they, you know, as time goes on, uh, technology progresses, so their budgets get increasingly larger. But, um, you know, the highest budget I've seen is somewhere around $200 million, and that was for, like, Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2, Finding Dory, stuff like that. And so yeah. uh, I, I'd say it's probably in that range, maybe 150 or so. Yeah. The interesting thing I would like to see um, is how this movie will work within... Uh, the Pixar theory of how all the movies are connected. Um, Cause it's a very, I guess it's a very like low, not very like adventurous. Uh, again, it's not very like cartoony other than the times they go to, um, to the great before and the great beyond and stuff like that. So it's not really, um, it's not really explained and it doesn't, seem to have any um any like wider scope but i know some people will do it i'm not the person to to be able to do this but uh somebody someone will come out with a video oh yeah oh yeah somebody hey dom i think we're running late uh we're gonna have to rush a little bit because we're gonna miss our we're gonna miss our train (laughs) dom we gotta hop on the soul train oh my god (laughs) Soul train. <laughs> Soul train. <laughs> Soul train. Uh, that's a good one. Give, give us you that one. Facts, Dom. What do you got for us? Let's let's give you some fun Soul Trains. Join us on a trip to the Great Beyond and we'll we'll see what happens. Who knows what's after that. I want to I also want to mention that <laughs> Pixar doesn't really like give any real hope for what's after because literally the souls go into the great beyond and they get zapped like a bug zapper. It just like freaks me out a little bit because I'm like, they never go back to that. Like they never just say anything about it. It's like zap and then it's done. And that's um, your life is cool. Oh man. Um, just let's start with some fun facts. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of fun facts about, uh, soul number 22. Uh, the first one is that the uh, the the name of Soul Twenty Two is you is used because she is the twenty second soul to have ever existed. So that kind of gives like some indication of how long it's been. Um, I think when they're in the um, like the placement thing for the soul counselors, the soul mentors or something like that. Um, the, the, the soul before her is mentioned to be in like somewhere in the hundred billions. And it's just like, Hmm, wow. 
So she's been in the group before for uh, for a while now. Um, also, want to give some which uh, makes sense that which makes sense that she had all these mentors who are really old <laughs> yeah, and been dead, exactly. been dead for <laughs> <a while>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, she's got a lot of mentors. Um, speaking of those mentors, uh, some name tags of a few of her previous mentors appear on her wall um, when in her little, uh, what was it? It was like a box. She's basically homeless is what it seems like. Um, oh but a few of them, <laughs> I know, a few of them include uh, such stars as Michael Jackson, Prince, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Steve Jobs, Aretha Franklin, and late Pixar director Joe Ramped. Oh, was, that's sweet. It's good nod. Good nod. Yeah. Um, Josh, and then uh, one last fact about 22. I was going to give you 22 facts about 22. Um, but one more. Um, and this actually also goes to kind of like show of – I guess it was, they were going to do the same thing with Princess and the Frog, um, but an initial draft of the story, 22 was going to be the main character rather than Joe. Uh, um, and 22 had a strong dislike for Earth, and the film took place entirely in the soul world, and Joel was Joe was created to help show her why Earth is worth living in. Mm-hmm. So originally, this like wasn't even a, a, <laughs> a movie about, you know, the jazz and the soul community and stuff like that. Um, and so I think, I think that's interesting. Uh, I'm glad we got what we got because I think people would be more in an uproar. Well, I guess cause in, in the initial story, like there was no, it wasn't a movie that had anything to do with representation or anything like that. It didn't really have any representation, just blue plush dolls. Uh, yeah. And Jerry's. Um, but I'm glad they they did. They went with what they did. And it's good. Good now. Um, moving, moving on, Josh. Uh, in this movie, we get to see the Hall of Everything. Which has literally everything else. The everything else that we talk about, it's in that hall. Um, <laughs> but this Hall of Everything uh, contains... Uh, a Pizza Planet truck, and you might know Pizza Planet from such movies as every other Pixar movie. Yeah, because like, there's usually a Pizza Planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there's your little Pizza Planet Easter egg. Uh, but within the same shot is the uh, the Easter egg of A113, um, which we talked about in Klaus, and also is in other Pixar movies um, to uh, to give. To give a little uh, give a little shout out to the art director art, art director art studio room uh, art classroom and the California Institute of the Arts and stuff like that. Um, but yes, another interesting Easter egg that I didn't uh, I did not notice. Um, but a broccoli pizza from Inside Out can be seen mm. when Joe is trying. To show 22 the joys of life um, I think that's also in the hall of everything um, but this also begs the question of what what, what are the char- what are the characters from inside out 
So the characters from Inside Out are like emotions, right? And but then the characters from Soul, like Twenty Two, is a soul. So does a soul have emotion? Are like the characters from Inside Out? I don't. I don't. I don't. don't, uh, This is too much information. I can't figure it out. Yes. Um. Yes. Um. Well. Um. So yeah. Pause real quick. John. <coughs> oh. Sorry. There no, you go. Josh. Um, another character who often appears in uh, in Pixar movies is John Ratzenberger, who plays uh, Ham in the Toy Story movies. Uh, but he's usually in every every Pixar movie somewhere, some way. Um, but in this movie, he's not credited, and his voice isn't recognized anywhere. Oh, um, no. Yeah. But Pete Docter, director extraordinaire, revealed that he does have a cameo in it, but refused to give away where he is and who he is. Oh, so now we have to go back and watch I it. I know. I have to figure out who he is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go back, man. Gonna have to go, yeah. we got to go back, back Kate. i got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to figure it out. Um, Josh, another uh, fun Easter egg, but the subway train that Joe and the cat, Mr. Mittens, uh, are going on, that they go on um, when they're when they're first uh, trying to figure out how to, when 22 is trying to figure out how to live in a human body and stuff like that, is actually uh, 2319, which, if you remember from Monsters, Inc., is the code whenever something, I guess whenever something human gets on you or something like that. Um, but as we mentioned before, Monsters Inc. was also directed by Pete Doctor. And so it's a nice little uh nice little, little yeah, nice, nice little knot. Um yes. Um I'm gonna give you a give you a few more few more facts. Um so Josh, originally Pixar Pixar chose to portray the film's main character, Joe, Joe Gardner, as a musician because they wanted a profession the audiences could root for um, and hmm. settled for a, a musician um, after trying uh, a couple different professions. And they, uh, they said, and I, I like what they said about this, um, they said that it didn't feel as naturally pure as a musician's life. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's interesting that they could have gone, uh, different ways. Um, yeah. With, with this, um, but yeah. And, uh, I think it also, um, Pete doctor also, um, he said, he, he actually described soul as an ex an exploration of where, should your focus be? What are the things that at the end of the day are really going to be important things that you look back on and go, I spent a worthy amount of my limited time on earth worrying or focused on that. Um, and I think, uh, <laughs> a musician's life definitely portrays that. I think it does. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just me. Um, you, a musician, <laughs> me, a musician, me, a black musician 
who has no idea what this movie really is about. Um, we're we're, but, we're we're gonna get there, Dom. Hold it in. Hold it in. <laughs> we're holding it in. Um, anyway, Josh. Um, so we mentioned. Uh, I guess uh, this is we mentioned representation, and I didn't realize this, but Joe Gardner is the first African American main protagonist of a Pixar movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So not like just a Disney movie, but primarily a Pixar, a Disney Pixar movie. Because um, I, I was thinking of like, yeah, you're right. We got, I mean, we haven't really had any real African-American main. Because we've had Frozone. We've had Frozone from sure, The Incredibles. Yeah. But again, he's on there for about maybe 20 minutes of screen time. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's good. Um, Josh, Josh, I'm also going to. Um, blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind with this fact. Yeah. Um, so, currently, uh, the, queer, yeah, the character that Questlove plays uh, is seen playing uh, the signature drumsticks made by Questlove and Vic Firth. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's pretty... I'm going to have to go back and look at that because it's a pretty, pretty cool nod to, I guess, Questlove and... Um, just his life in general. Um, Questlove's a yeah. really cool dude. Um, he is a really cool dude. He's been in the business for quite some time that he's got some pretty interesting stories about his life. And so yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah. Well, Josh, I'm going to give you um, give you a few more facts here. Another fun fact is that this is Pixar's first movie to be released on Christmas. And uh, also, I want to mention that um, a few uh, a few Christmas movies were actually uh, inspirations for for this film. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life and a Christmas sure. Carol uh, yeah. were uh, were quoted to be some influences for this movie. So I thought that was uh, this is pretty cool that yeah, it gets cool. to be released on Christmas and has some Christmas influences influences. Um, but yeah, Josh, I'm gonna actually uh, give you a, hit you fast with uh, two facts. Uh, the first one is uh, in the Hall of Everything, we also see a garbage truck, um, which can also be seen in Toy Story Three, um, who also contains uh, contains is being driven is being ridden by uh, Sid from the first Toy Story. And so, right. you know, all crazy, all crazy cameos, Easter eggs, um, all that good stuff. Yes. Uh, Josh, this last fact. All right, um, let's hear it. Let, let's hear it. I'm going to give it to you as we ride into the great beyond. Um, but Josh, the uh, so for this movie, um, apparently the. The word that uh, people have been using is unprecedented. And now we're not talking about the times. We're not talking about 2020 or 2021. We're talking about the technique of uh, line drawing to complete the film's screen imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so I, I don't fully know what that entails. Um, but I think this is one of those, to me, like, 
I think this should win awards just because of the way that it looks, the way that it is drawn, because it is, I think, a very unique film in the way that it's it's drawn and animated. Um, I guess it's good to just not see unprecedented used in in such a 2020 way. Um, yeah, I gotcha. And uh, it surely is very um, different. You know, it, the way that it's uh, animated, not like it's obviously computer CGI animated. You know, that's what Pixar does. Um, but when you look at the the soul realm, when you look at the counselors and, and the way they're, like I said, lines drawn and the, the way they turn and blend in with things and then... Uh, when when Joe falls, his soul falls, and he kind of goes through this weird trippy sequence. Well, thanks, Dom. Thanks for taking us on that ride on the soul train. We appreciate it. Of, of course, we've now entered into the great beyond, which I am guessing is just one giant bug zapper. Here we are. Well, Dom, you know, let's go take a break in the giant bug zapper. Let's just uh, you know take a little breather. And we'll come back and, you know, we'll just kind of talk about this movie and uh, how we felt like this movie related to our faith and how it impacted us. And yeah, so we'll go from there. So let's take a quick break. Welcome back, everybody, to Cinema Sundays. We are excited to talk to you guys about this movie, Soul. Dom, you've told me that you have a lot of thoughts on this movie. you got a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, a lot of soul. So I'm going to let you go first. Yeah. How did this movie hit for you? Oh, it hit me like a a ton of bricks. I've got my tissues ready. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think... um, the big thing about this movie is one of the things that I think if anything, like the past year, past year has done like a lot of bad stuff. Um, but one of the things that I've tried to focus on just in my own, in my own life is like trying to find the, I guess the wonder, um, and the kind of mystery of what God does in the universe and stuff like that in creation. I think, um, I think the main thing that if I, if I could say anything, I think this movie just really shows what it means to enjoy life and what it means to actually live life. Um, it, it's more, and the thing that the the Joe I think realizes is like it's more than what you do, and it's more than um, what you your life's purpose is. Because uh, I don't think um, I'm slowly realizing that you weren't made to do something specific. I think you were made to have wants and desires, and those things sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes those things collide with what you do and stuff like that. Like for instance, like I love music. Um, I don't think I was born to play music. I think 
I liked music enough to actually want to play and want to learn how to play. Right. And I think so many people, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was, um, like she's, uh, she was a senior. I think she's still is a senior, uh, in, uh, in college. And she was like stressing out about, uh, like what she wanted to do and what she was like going to do after school. And I think the one thing that we have done a disservice to is to have people develop their, like be formed and have their formation like in that college experience while also telling them you need to figure out what you need to do with your life. Yeah. Because it's so much more than just you need to do this one thing. And I've definitely come to realize that as I've, well, as you, as you know, I've just kind of like floated around and like just like wondered and like even gave me a book. It's like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's one of the beautiful things about Jesus is like um, – he says, and especially like with this movie, it's like about finding your soul and about finding like why you want to live on earth because things are, are good or why you want to live. Um, Jesus says, and he's like, I've come that may, that they may have life and have it to the full. He doesn't say that I've come so that they'll know what they want to do with their life. I've come so that they will know what job they should take right out of college. I've come, um, yada, yada, yada. Uh, he said, I've come that they might have, might have life or that they would have life and have it to the full. Um, and I'm going to bank on Jesus knowing what life is better than I do. Yeah. And I think when he also says that, I think there is an enjoyment and there's also a playfulness. Like when 22 and Joe just like, when they're both in Joe's body and they both like take a deep breath and just look, um, I try to do that and just try to like look. And it's really amazing what you see when you stop and do that. Um, and there's a whole thing about also about using the Sabbath um, to do that. And I think that's, man, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. And you can, text me or josh about what should i do with my sabbath but yeah there's a lot there's so much josh yeah no <clears throat> don't text me i don't want to talk to you i'm just kidding text me i want to talk to you <laughs> yeah so uh i agree i definitely think this movie's big theme you know is that idea of stop trying to find that one purpose or stop feeling unhappy until you find that one purpose and just live the life that you've been given. Just live the life that you have been blessed with, you know? Yeah. Stop trying to chase after something constantly and just live and enjoy it. Yeah. So (laughs) are you telling me I should stop? (laughs) Is this, are you, (laughs) should I stop trying to win Selena Gomez and or Vanessa Hutchins? (laughs) No, you keep doing that, Dom. You do, you do. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so what stuck out to me the most was, you know, towards the end of the movie, Joe finally kind of gets what he wants. He uh, ends up playing his first real big gig. His his mom is there, and like you know, his mom wasn't supportive first, but now she is, and now it's like he's like, man, I did it. I finally did it. You know, it's finally happening. 
And then so as he's leaving and as he's exiting this club that he just played at, he played with a very famous jazz musician named Dorothea. And he walks out and he's pretty bummed. And he says, well, what now? And she says, we come back tomorrow and do it all over again, you know? Mm. Mm. And there's like this feeling of not disappointment, I guess maybe disappointment, but you can see on his face where it's like, that's it. Like that, Mm. that was, that was what I wanted this whole time, you know? Yeah. And not even like what he wanted wasn't bad. And when he got it, I don't think he's necessarily ungrateful. I think he was just expecting a different feeling, you know? Yeah. And so Dorothea gives this illustration. She says, you know, I heard the story one time of a fish. Young fish goes to the old fish. Young fish says, I'm looking to swim uh, in the ocean. And the old fish says, you are in the ocean. And young fish says, no, this is just the water. I want to swim in the ocean, you know? Yeah. And I think I always thought that was really good because... Mm -hmm. You know, we are waiting to live and, you know, we tell God, you know, God, I want to, I want to go live. I want to go do what I'm passionate about. I want to go, you know, live my life and, and do all these things for you, God. And God's like, okay, well do them. Like, why are, like, don't wait till you get to a certain place or get to a certain point in your life or a certain age. Just, just do it. Just go do it now. Like you're in the ocean. <laughs> you're yeah. in it right now. You're in life right now. Don't wait because if you wait, it's it's gonna fly by. And so, yeah, you know, I think I think you know when the Bible talks about being content in everything, being happy and joyful in all circumstances, in every point of your life, even if maybe you didn't, this is not where you thought you were gonna be in five, ten years, or whatever, you know, or that's not how you imagine life to be. So no one told you life was gonna be this way, you know. Boo. <laughs> so, but it's always good to have friends. It is always good to have you. Yeah, you know, you know, you were there. You got it. <laughs> I was. I've been there. So, yeah. So that's kind of what I took away from this. I, I do think it's a really great movie. I think the animation is great. I think the representation is really good. And so I really liked this theme of, you know, uh, life and your soul and. You know, the very last line of the movie, Joe is asked, what are you going to do with the remainder of your days? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? And he's, he's like, I don't know, but I'm going to start living it, you know? Mm. And that's it. Mm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Love so, it. Love it. We did it, Dom. We did it. We did it. Well, you know, next week we might be talking about social media. We might be talking about something completely different. But you know what? Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us and talking with us. And so, uh, you know, let's let's uh, let's let's reconvene. Same time, same place next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Same bat channel. Different year, but uh, same bat channel. That's right. So, thanks for joining with us. Um, thanks for listening to Cinema Sundays, where we talk about faith and movies and and jazz and jazz. <laughs> And hasn't that been that's been a thing for a while, right? And yeah. yeah. Who knew who knows how it happened? Who knew? Not me. Not me. <laughs> Alright everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>